Ram Takeoff 2022 is a go. Coverage presented by 72 Souls and Kona Brewing. Everyone's excited about this year, especially on offense. We got the tools to be a really good offense. It's the start of a special journey. This group we have staff-wise, player-wise, it'll never be the same again. You want to make it count and, and make sure uh, we all put our best foot forward. The home of Arizona Cardinals football, 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Camp Takeoff 2022 with Wolf and Luke. State Farm Stadium again. It is the Wolf and Luke Show. Wolf, we're wrapping up our first full week of training camp. I guess it's the Cardinals' first full week as well. They had some last week, but it's their first full week. Um, you're, you look like you're in full training camp mode over there. Yeah, yeah. You're staring yeah. at an empty field right now. It's ready to go right now, honestly. <laughs> it is Friday. Yes, it is Friday. And it is football, is it not? We got a little football, of course, that was played out here, at least schematically. Watching these guys run around the field, it was fantastic. Tomorrow, of course, the red-white practice. Who knows what's going to happen with the red-white practice. Although there is a rumor that is out there they're going to be in spiders. I have no idea if, in fact, that is true. But I can tell you right now, um, I do like some of the things that I'm seeing from certain players out on the field. There are some guys that I really, really think are going to be good, and they need to continue to develop some young guys like Zayvon Collins. So, okay, look, let's say they are in spiders tomorrow. You're still going to show up in full pads, though, right? We'll see you on the sidelines. <laughs> you don't have a mouth guard on you, do you, somebody? No, I, I mean, right Sorry. now, just go ahead, give me the mouth guard. I'll stick that thing in and just gnaw on it. It was one of the more beautiful things you could possibly do, by the way, as well. Get a little blood in the mouth guard with a little dirt. You go ahead and mix a little blood. You know, we used to have something we called the blurt badge, as a matter of fact. It was two parts sure dirt. It was two parts dirt, and it was one part blood. And you go ahead and you'd mix that on your jersey. Just go ahead and mix that. Two parts, did you get that? Two parts dirt, one part's blood, and then you just mixed it on your jersey, and it it was a blurt badge. It stuck on your jersey, and it was dirty, and it was nasty, and it was one of the cool things you could possibly get on your uniform, Basinonians, was a blurt badge. It just felt good when it happened. I don't know how many blurt badges we're actually <laughs> seeing down here on the field. After that, well, yeah, today let's um, today I would say was a little less intense of a practice from what we saw earlier in the week. Oh yeah, right. I would oh, say yeah. with Tuesday. I would, with Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday were all pretty spirited practices. Yeah, no, like. they were. Yeah, absolutely. Today was not. Today was ramping back down. So maybe, you know what, tomorrow, there it is, the red-white practice. Maybe they're going to ramp back up and come out, and it's going to be a lot more physical than what we saw today. Right now we have players signing some autographs. All right, you mentioned uh, some of the guys that have stood out to you. Now that we are a week and a half into this, but we've been out here for a full week, who's really jumped off the field for you? You know what I love? DJ Humphreys right now, okay? And that's not going to shock anybody, but DJ Humphreys just down watching DJ work with the offensive line once again. You know, um, he's always been a dog. He's always been that. You've, you've heard me talk about that for years now in regard to DJ Humphreys. He's always been a leader, I I think as well a guy that was growing in that term growing in that regard okay so as far as a leader is and i think he's still doing that but watching him and going down there and listening to him actually start talking to his t- uh, he is he's growing exponentially at this point in time and you know what when you get your third contract with the same organization that's got to give you an awful lot of 
confidence, There's and I think that it has. No doubt. You don't have to look over your shoulder. They've obviously shown confidence in him. I think he's earned it, but you're right. You don't have to go out there and wonder, hey, wait, wait, am I getting a new deal? Do I need yes. to be prepared to move in a year or something? No, he's, he's here. There's a lot of... Uh, relief probably that comes with that sort of stability, and it does. It allows you to do your job better. So I, I'm, but that doesn't shock me at all that you get DJ Humphreys back in the fold this week. Yeah. Not, not that he was out, but he was out with the the stomach stuff or whatever it ended up being. He got signed and he's back, and they are better for it. I'm interested to see now how things change next week when Kyler Murray's back because yeah. we've been talking about camp like, oh yeah, here we go. You got the preseason game next Friday, and you know, the season starts in about a month. The quarterback hasn't been out there for a week. This is kind of strange. Yeah, once again, I'm not worried about it too much. I'm not worried that Kyler Murray is missing this week. If, in fact, he was going to miss a week, this is the week that uh, I would want him to miss if I had to do that. But going back to DJ Humphreys, too, it's it's funny because all his, his teammates and his coach, they're calling him big money. <laughs> that's all. That's all they're calling him. Big money. Uh, big money. Hey, big better money. Better than his old nickname. Big money. Here's Sean Coogler. He's down there, offensive line coach, of course, for the Arizona Cardinals, saying, "Big money. Get in it, left tackle. Get in there, big money." You know, and of course, <laughs> everyone jokes yeah, and well, laughs. So but I think the big money is actually going to stick with DJ. Big money or star backer? What would you prefer your neighbor your label uh, was on the field? Let's see. Um, I think the star backer thing is kind of it, it's, it's kind of cool right there. But big money, uh, literally. That's not a bad way to go either, right? right big so you, money. You can you've be, got the big money. You be big money. I'll be star back okay. for the rest of the show. Those will be our call signs on the show here as, as we do. The, so I love that. Flight. Also, too, today, um, as we're going down some of the practice notes, a lot of red zone work. A lot of red zone. Red zone from the plus 20. That being the opponent's 20-yard line in. That is classic red zone in the National Football League. The Arizona Cardinals are working an awful lot of red zone out here today. They were also doing it to some degree yesterday. Um, I'd like to see them actually work on the running attack a little bit more in the red zone because I think that's what they really need to do. Now, you know, you come out here as a coach and you you plan practices. You've got a point of emphasis. You've got a point of emphasis. You're going to say, you know what, we're going to try to work on our passing attack today. That's what we're going to do. We're going to try to work on our rushing attack. You do that. There are points of emphasis practices that you have. That don't always mean this is what you're going to do in the regular season when you get into a game. It doesn't mean that. It just means, man, we got to work on our passing attack inside the red zone today. I think they did that. They did that yesterday, and I think they did that today as well, where they were trying to work on their passing attack more so than lining up and running the ball. Now, I could be dead wrong on that. But I'd like to see the Arizona Cardinals run the ball more in the red zone this year than we've seen before. Well, we know that, uh, let's see, Calvin Beecham agrees with you because he was up here earlier in the week and he made it pretty Beach. clear. Uh, let's see, Will Hernandez yesterday said he agrees with you. Yes. I don't remember if we asked I, DJ Humphreys when he was here, but I'm pretty sure. I'm just going to go ahead and say he agrees with you. I think we did. I yeah, think, no, I, I, in fact, well, I think you're asking everybody. The dog, are you kidding me? We're going we're to have Justin Pugh here. I, I'm assuming fact, you're going right? to ask him that, Justin too. Justin Pugh, I'm going to ask 
Justin Pugh. That is one now. See, Justin Pugh. Now, this is he. Justin is, is kind of a bright dude. He's really, really bright. And I think Justin Pugh is going to play that one right down the middle. He's going to speak. He's a little more medium. He's going to speak medium, and he's going to play it right down the middle. You watch. There's a prediction for you right there. Well, to be fair, too, it's not just the offensive linemen that come up here. You ask if they want to run the ball more inside the 20. It's every single person that walks by this booth. <laughs> I just, Everybody. honestly, you know what? I, it's like sometimes I, am I not seeing this correctly? As an analyst in the game of football, am I not seeing this correctly? Do you have to run the ball in the red zone to be a good red Yes, you do. You have to. Do you know why? Do you know why, Luke, you have to run There's the ball There's a lot of reasons zone? why you have to be able to okay. run the ball in the red zone. Just think about it. The square footage is being reduced. It's being re- The closer you get to the goal line, the more the square footage is being reduced. And yet the, the, the players that are playing inside that square footage are the fastest and the best players in the football universe. So you can see where the windows are getting smaller and it becomes more difficult to throw the ball. It does. So what do you do? You gotta run the ball. You gotta stick the mouth guard in and you gotta put a hat on somebody and say, this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna run the ball more. And it's a mentality. It is an attitude. It is a, it is a belief. You know, I hate it when you start the show with geometry and physics and whatever other study you just threw at us right there. Here, I have a solution for you, though. Okay, as far as calling the plays, what if they just let Kyler Murray call the plays? Because Cliff did that on Saturday, and when we come back, we'll tell you why. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Is it all- Camp Takeoff 2022 is a go. Now presented by 72 Zones and Home of Arizona Cardinals football, 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Camp Takeoff 2022 with Wolf and Luke. Out here at State Farm Stadium where the field is getting taken care of now, Wolf. this is I feel like we've caught this part of the practice a few times this week where they're maintaining the field before they roll it out. Early practice today, and it looked like practice got called a little bit early as well ahead of the red and white game tomorrow. So... You've got that going on. I want to go back to a story that actually happened last weekend, but it didn't really come out until yesterday, and Cliff Kingsbury kind of led us all behind the scenes a little bit. Um, talked about having Kyler Murray actually call the plays last weekend when they were running the practice. Yeah. And uh, it's pretty interesting. I'll play, I'll play a couple clips here, and then we'll react. Yeah, I just want to know that, hey, easy, you know? <laughs> like every now and then. He starts shaking his head when I'm calling it in there. I'm like, all right, well, go ahead, big dog, you know. Um, no, I think anytime we can keep him involved, and he was coaching him up, like, right to the last second. Like, while they're trying to throw, he'd be saying stuff. So I uh, probably won't do that again. <laughs> There's two parts of that I really like, so I'm going to let you go first. It reminds me of Sean McVay. Remember Sean McVay, of course, with Jared Goff? I mean, that's what Sean McVay would do. He'd be going ahead and trying to coach Jared Goff right up to, hey, listen, this is what we're going to do. It's cover two. Go ahead, check the play with it. Yeah, that sometimes can become a massive distraction, of course, from time to time. And yet it's still, it's probably a good idea to remind Kyler Murray how difficult it is to be a good play caller. Do you think the first thought I had when I when I heard the story yesterday was I'm not sure Cliff would have done that 
two years ago or even last year. No doubt. Yeah, how many times have we talked about on this show since he got that extension? I know some people are very torn on if he should have got that long of an extension. I personally, I would, I would have given him this year to see what he could do and then extend him after. But the the one potential benefit of giving him the extension is Cliff's not looking over his shoulder this year. If you want to look at a coach looking over his shoulder, look in Dallas at Mike McCarthy. He's looking at Sean Payton every week this season. Yes. But Cliff, I don't know that he necessarily would have done something like that the way he explained it. You know, Kyler's over there shaking his head sometimes when he calls the play. All right, you get in there and call the plays. I'm not going anywhere, so you can't look at me. I mean, how many times do we see this with the Suns in that stretch where they – you could tell the coach was always on his way out, so at a certain point the players don't have to respect it. If, yeah. they, if they're being told something they don't want to hear, that's not an option with Cliff this year. He's here for five more years, and I like the attitude of, hey, Kyler, you just go call the plays. You see how difficult it is. Yeah, you know, one of the things that a play caller has got to do as well is make sure that the quarterback is comfortable with the plays that he's calling. <laughs> does yes. that make sense? Also, also good point. Makes a lot of sense as well, right? Of course it does, Luke, that you've got to go ahead and make sure that your quarterback likes the plays that you possibly could call. It's one of the reasons why every play caller, at least that I know, would give the quarterback a play call sheet on a Saturday at a meeting and say, cross off the plays you don't like mm. okay because he you know think about it inherently the coach wants to know that you believe in the play that you understand the play and you believe in the play so if you're the quarterback in that situation are you actually allowed to cross some plays off or is that a test no i think that's what you're allowed to do okay. and then uh, as the play caller i might come back to you and say hey, listen you don't know no, we can't call, we can't cross that one off this is our lead play in the red zone whatever it may be right the <laughs> red would, zone once again problem. here it comes okay i i'm bringing it back i'm up. getting it, don't just get so people know you're again. talking about the red zone and there's a big sign behind you that says red zone yeah. Yes, there so you the go. Point Thank is being you very much. I appreciate that. But uh, being a good play caller um, is about understanding what your quarterback is capable of doing, what he's capable of executing. And if he doesn't like it, once again, if he doesn't like a play for whatever reason, he just doesn't believe in it, um, why would you call it? Right. If you've got a guy who has doubt immediately when you call the play, your quarterback is like, oh, no, oh, no, not that play. Did you call that play? Okay, you know what? I don't really like that play. It's probably not going to work because your quarterback's not very confident. And that was something that Cliff also was talking about. Calling the play and having Kyler shake his head at him like this as he's calling the play. And then saying, oh, okay, big dog, you, you go ahead then. You call it. And uh, you think I'm help? sure at certain points in games, that's what's happened. You think that that helps it the next time Kyler gets a play call in, for, in, in during the game from Cliff, and he's like, I don't want to run this. Do you think he maybe has a little bit more of an appreciation after Saturday of like, yes. okay, maybe that isn't the easiest thing? Because the other part Cliff said in there was Kyler's just talking to the quarterback through the play, basically. Like, dude, this is not Call of Duty. Right. This is not playing Madden on <laughs> Xbox. You can't just talk through the play. The quarterback, Colt McCoy, must be like, can you turn him yes. off? You know what I'd love to know? It probably Colt McCoy is a different animal, of course. He definitely would do it. But what about some of the other guys that are down there on the field, some of the younger guys yeah. that are developing here? Do you think they're going to look at Kyler and go, no, no? No, I'm not. I'm not going to run. No, no, that's never going to happen right there. But at least Kyler Murray 
through that process of understanding what it's like to stand there on the sideline and call plays, maybe you'll have a little bit more appreciation for it. Does that make sense? Well, yeah. And what about those younger guys that you're talking about? If they're out there trying to make the team and you've got the starting quarterback telling you where to look as the play is running, like that's got to be like, Kyler? I'm trying to survive in this league. Let me look around the field. Yes, yes. Information overload right there. And most of the time, they'll shut those microphones off, too. Damn. I, I like that, though. I like that story a lot because if you're looking for the Cardinals to take the next step, everybody looks at Kyler and says, you've got to take the next step. And you got to have the off the field distractions go away. And we'll get into that in a little bit. But part of this team taking the next step is Cliff taking another step. And it's training camp. You can only tell so much. But just his general demeanor, it feels like he's more, I don't want to say comfortable, but more confident in his standing with this team. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're leading. A, this is not leading a 10-man roster in you know whatever, or 15-man roster in basketball. This is leading a giant roster, like you said, you always say, full of alpha males. And no matter who you are as a coach, there's only one of you, really, as the sure. head coach. So you got to be able to assert yourself. And I feel like Cliff has been more assertive so far in camp this year. Well, there's no doubt about that. He truly has been, and he's continuing to grow. It's something that, once again, I I think he was, um, I think he was self-conscious about it, frankly, when he first came into the league, right? I mean, all of the chatter that was surrounding Cliff Kingsbury, and a lot of it was negative stuff when the Arizona Cardinals hired him, right? Mm-hmm. There were a lot of other guys that had been working their way up the NFL ladder that felt like they got jumped over from Cliff Kingsbury. And, and you know what? I, I honestly don't think it's fair that people see it that way with Cliff, but it's one of the reasons why I think a lot of people root against the Arizona Cardinals. There's no doubt about it. It's because of the hiring of Cliff Kingsbury, and yet now he has proven himself to be that guy, in my opinion. Again, was I surprised when the Arizona Cardinals said, yeah, we're going to go ahead and extend him now? Yes, I was. For, for that long? I, yeah, I, no, we were doing the show I when was it surprised, yet at the same time, when I look at it, he took a team that had won three games, and they won five, eight, and 11. They actually made it into the postseason. Now, that postseason game was horrific, and we all understand that. And there's been two crumbles over the last two second halves of the season. We all understand that. But the fact remains, he took a team from three wins and went 5-8-11. and 11. And that's what he did. And you know what? Any coach that does that typically gets rewarded for doing that. He deserved it ultimately in the end. Don't you think, though, that his first year, I mean, you talk about how he was viewed by a lot of people around the league, whether it is executives on other teams or just people around the game or former players or media people. And there was there was that pushback of like, okay, this guy, he just jumped ahead of a bunch of people because he's like the flashy new coach. And I know as a coach, you look around and, and you say, okay, I can't, I can't care about that. Like, I won't be able to do my job if I'm thinking about what everybody's thinking about me. Except, don't you think his first year, he probably went in the locker room and his players were kind of looking at him like, okay, who is this guy? This, sure. this is not, this is not our new coach, but I saw him coach the Rams for three years. This, where did this guy come from? Yes, absolutely. And once again, uh, to your point right here, this is a maturing process for Cliff Kingsbury. He is developing as a coach, as a young head coach in the National Football League. And and we're starting to see this development in the confidence he has in himself. And a great place to start would be Marco Wilson. I know at some point in time we're going to talk a little bit more about this. But the fact he actually came out and said something definitive 
about Marco Wilson in terms of maybe trying to motivate him and doing it through the media. Because guess what? That's what a lot of head coaches will do. If they already have talked to you about it, and they've talked to you about it a number of times, Luke. They want you to get better at this, Luke. you got to get better at the teases, Luke. You have to get better at the teases. They There's keep a lot telling of pressure you on this how you got to get better <laughs> at the teases, Luke. Right? And if I've told you that over and over and over again, and it really hasn't happened yet, guess what? Now maybe I'm going to tell the media. Luke needs to get better at the tease. <laughs> okay, and I'm not saying you do. <laughs> we got you a tease coming up I'm here in just, like three seconds. I'm just using this for an All example. All right, here we go. This, okay? this is a lot here. I, because now maybe you'll get it. Maybe that will. Bruce Arians used to do this all the time. When he said that about Marco Wilson, that to me said Cliff Kingsbury is growing as an NFL head coach. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. Okay, I need a good a good tease here, Wolf. Okay, yeah, you got uh, one? How about this? Uh, it up. Come with your back. Could what's happening in L.A. change the entire landscape of the NFL? That's next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. That was good. Wolf and Luke Middays, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. All right, welcome back to the show here, live from State Farm Stadium. We're going to be talking to Justin Pugh at some point during the show today. Nice. Um, sounds like maybe talking to Kyle Vandenbosch as well. We'll talk to a D-backs player as they get set to take on Colorado tonight. So i got a lot of guests coming through here in a little bit. But, Wolf, I just kind of want to go around the NFL right now. And I want to start with a story that we did touch on a little bit yesterday. And it seems like it just continues to get potentially a little bit bigger by the day. Matthew Stafford's dealing with something in his throwing arm, and he dealt with it last year, and they obviously won the Super Bowl, so it's not like the yeah. the end of the Rams season. And he's a tough player in terms of, like, he played through some some pretty bad injuries in Detroit. But, um, you know, that's that's the starting quarterback of the defending Super Bowl champs, and, and whatever he is dealing with, whether it's tendonitis or whatever they want to call it, that's that would be a pretty big concern if I was a Rams fan. It'd be absolutely huge. There was no way in the world they have a chance of repeating if, in fact, Matthew Stafford is not their quarterback, and you know how I hate saying that and saying that so definitively. But you're right. But, I mean, listen, you need a quarterback in the National Football League. You have to have a quarterback that is going to go out and he's going to play consistently good. He's going to play consistently good to give you an opportunity to win games because everyone else has been given an opportunity to go out and make a play because your quarterback isn't killing you every time you've got the ball. It's a huge thing. You cannot win consistently in the NFL if you don't have a quarterback that is good. Ron Wolfley reported. (laughs) And because of that, that makes it an easy decision what you've got to do with Matthew Stafford going forward. And they are. They're going to take this really, really slow. Yeah, I I think for the sake of consistency on this show last season, I think both of us were on the same page. But but certainly, I don't want to speak for you since you're right here, but but certainly, I, I don't think the Rams won the Super Bowl because of Matthew Stafford last year. But if they didn't have Matthew Stafford, they wouldn't have won the Super Bowl. You know what I mean? Correct. Like he, he's, he is not a bad quarterback. He's not an average quarterback. He is a, an above average. He's a good quarterback at hey, times. He played well in that Super Bowl game. He, he did. did. Yeah, they, so they don't win that game without Stafford. I know he wasn't great against the 49ers. He threw some... He threw, some bad interceptions last year, but if they if you told me today, and nobody's saying this, but if you told me today, hey, the Rams aren't going to have Matthew Stafford for a good chunk of the season, I would say the Rams are in trouble. They've lost other pieces, too. Yeah, 
Well, you know, once again, yeah, it's still going to be hard playing against that defense with the Rams, but at some point in time, you need to score points yourself. And because of that, man, it just, you cannot talk about not having a franchise quarterback or having a franchise quarterback. That would be the fulcrum of the season for the Rams. It just is. And to hear Sean McVay say it's abnormal, that to me is what caught my attention. Yeah, here's McVay. I don't know that it got different results than what we had hoped, but I think we were hoping that you know some of the pain would have been alleviated, and that's that's really the goal. And so, um, being able to pivot and adjust is kind of what you're seeing. Here's uh, here's Ian Rappaport too, uh, talking about just where Stafford is right now with this whole issue. I want to switch gears a little bit though, guys. I know we're talking about the Denver Broncos here. It's kind of interesting development at the Los Angeles Rams camp. Matthew Stafford not expected to throw a lot over the next couple of days as he's dealing with a little bit of an elbow issue. My understanding, this elbow issue, which actually cropped up in the spring, uh, is described to me as bad tendonitis. It is a tendon issue in his throwing elbow. Had a little bit of a say, procedure, uh, not a surgery, but a procedure, more of a PRP-type deal in the offseason to try to manage it. Did not get to a place uh, where he really needs it to be. I think long-term, everyone in L.A. thinks this is going to be fine. I don't sense any stress about it. But it's a quarterback. It is a throwing arm. Obviously something we need to monitor going forward. Again, you're looking at the Rams not through the lens of, hey, is this a playoff team this year? It's can they defend as Super Bowl champions? Yeah. Can they repeat as Super Bowl champions? And if you're dealing with a quarterback with an arm issue and it's his throwing arm before the preseason even starts, I would I would say that makes things a little bit tougher. Yeah, it does. Uh, again, I'm not saying Matthew Stafford is going to miss 11 games this year. I'm not saying Matthew Stafford is going to preclude the Rams from actually having a chance to defend. I'm not saying any of that. All I'm saying is right now as it stands today that's not good that much i do know it's not good when you're telling me he's got bad tendonitis not just tendonitis he's got bad tendonitis it's not good when your head coach is saying it's abnormal it's it that is not good you're getting a shot in your elbow that's not good Having said that, it doesn't mean the Rams aren't going to have a a successful season and have a chance to defend their title once again. I'm not saying that right now. It's a big question mark going forward, though, for them. Uh, Over to the Deshaun Watson stuff. That that saga just continues to drag on and on. Here's Jeff Darlington. In Ezekiel Elliott's situation in 2017, when he the NFL announced that he had a six-game suspension, they did so on August 17th. So what are we, August 5th right now? So a few weeks from now, imagine this comes down for Ezekiel Elliott. He did not end up serving his suspension until week 10 because it was bogged down in the legal system. He got an injunction while it was being heard to allow him to play. It was on again, off again. Ultimately, it was not until, I think, October 17th that he withdrew his appeal and started to serve his suspension. So it is very possible, is my point here, that Deshaun Watson could still be under center week one for the Cleveland Browns if this does go through the legal system. How ridiculous would that seem if Deshaun Watson was on the field for week one, although I've heard this brought up a couple times, Wolf, how um, how ironic would it be if this this wouldn't happen, but if, if that suspension just kept getting argued about and argued about and it got pushed to next year? Yeah. Well, remember how the Browns tried to bail him out and basically say, we're not going to pay you anything that first year so you don't lose any money when you get suspended? Yeah. <laughs> if he got suspended next year, it would cost him a whole lot more money than it's going to cost him this year. You know, it's amazing about this story right here. When I hear it, Basinonians, the first thing I think of are his teammates inside that locker room. Seriously. 
you got to be kidding me. I, this is this is the biggest distraction in the history of mankind for your franchise quarterback to be in the Petri dish, so to speak, and slid under the microscope to this degree where you almost have to make some kind of statement on it yourself. You're going to get asked this over and over and over again. How do you feel about Deshaun Watson? What about Deshaun Watson and the possible suspension? Man, at some point in time, you don't even know when that suspension is coming or when it's handed down. Uh, You're just going to have to, as a player, you're going to have to say, I'm not going to ever comment on anything to do with Deshaun Watson, my quarterback. I'm not going to comment on it. I have no comment. And you're, you're going to have to actually take a hard stance on that going forward, or you're going to get those questions over and over and over again. It's such a distraction, and I think of Bill Belichick, because Bill Belichick hated distractions above all else. Yeah, and the Browns signed up for this again. You know, it's not it's not like they drafted him five years ago, and then this all played out, and they're like, well, this is our guy, and, and you know, it's... It, 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 they went out and got him. They went out and gave him $230 million. They went out and paid a lot of money to bring a distraction in. So you're right. As a teammate, and you have no say over it if you're a teammate, you're going to have to answer questions about this all season long because you don't even know when he's playing or when he isn't playing. I'm sure they're being asked questions about it at training camp right now, honestly, in Cleveland. Guys that have nothing to do with it, guys that obviously don't make personnel decisions, and some of those guys that were here a couple years ago when Cleveland was a pretty good team without Deshaun Watson. Yes, you know what? Roger Goodell's going to be screaming at the owners next week about this thing as well. He's got a lot he's he's plans to scream at the I owners so. about, so that'll be a fun meeting for everybody involved. Alright, uh, how good can the Cardinals offensive line be this season? We're going to ask the guy that almost had the play center. Justin Pugh will join us next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Camp Takeoff 2022 is a go. Coverage presented by 72 Souls and Kona Brewing. This is always that grind week, six straight days. You don't have a, a game at the end of it, so we, we just got to keep pushing. And this is a week where you got to get some conditioning in and make sure you're ready when you start those preseason games next week. The home of Arizona Cardinals football, 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Camp Takeoff 2022 with Wolf and Luke. All right, I lied. I know I said Justin Pugh is joining us here. He is going to join us shortly, Wolf, just not exactly sure on the time just yet. But I don't see him out there on the field mowing the lawn, so he's uh, there's a better chance we get him sooner than one of those guys out there. Yeah, and the field is not sliding right now as they're on the mowers. That's interesting because that's always one of the coolest things you could possibly see, but it's not sliding right now. It is not. It is stationary. It is. uh, It's very hypnotic, and I'm I'm glad we're uh, we're here to see that. Um, James Saxon. If you talk about distractions that the Cardinals have had this camp, and we keep talking about the off-the-field drama, and then more off-the-field drama just seems to seep in every couple days, uh, I, I'm sure Cliff, I'm sure Steve Kime, I'm sure they're just looking around like, all right, like can we just get to football? James Saxon, uh, Cardinals running back coach, charged with two counts of domestic battery on May 25th, and uh, this is reported last night uh, for an incident that allegedly occurred May 7th. So, now you have that as well. It just seems like the sideshow continues to grow around this team. And I don't think... I don't think I'm wrong when I say this. I would say more so than I can ever remember in a training camp for this team. Yeah, listen. um, Full disclosure, of course. James Saxon is a friend. I consider him to be a friend. Um, I, I have no idea, Luke, if these allegations are true, so... I'm not going to speak on any of that, but 
let the legal system go about the process of doing what they do. And that's all I feel like I'm going to say about that personally. Yeah. I feel like I almost have to. As a matter of fact, I was talking about James Saxon yesterday and the conversation that I was having with him down on the field. So having said that, I feel like I had to get that out of the way. Um, Man, just more trouble. More trouble for this team. And... All I think about, I cannot tell you how many times that Bill Belichick would get up in front, how many times he would get up in front of the team and talk about distractions and eliminating all distractions, which is one of the great, one of the great um, uh, paradoxes that I could possibly think of was Bill Belichick in Spygate. <laughs> okay, can you imagine that actually That was happened? a distraction. That was a distraction, maybe the biggest distraction in the history of football, yet at the same time, over and over and over again, I remember Bill Belichick at least once, twice a week, maybe even more than that, getting up saying, eliminate all distractions from your life. This is what he expected. This is what he demanded from you, was for you to eliminate all distractions personally in your life, if you could, and focus on the task at hand, focus on the game of football, period. So what can you do if you're the Cardinals right now? Because, you know, you talk about the... the the drama around the team in the offseason, that was all contract stuff. That was all smaller stuff. Okay, yeah, your agent tweeted something out in all caps. It's, you know, it was, it was a, it felt like a circus at times, but there wasn't really anything actually going on until this week. And now you've got your receiver getting arrested and you've got, you've got your running backs coach, uh, in this situation too, allegedly. So, this stuff's getting more serious and you don't want to start to, as a team, build that image of like oh yeah that's that's the cardinals every anything goes out there but at the same time like we're watching training camp go on you know there's all these guys on the field all these coaches that aren't getting in trouble so how do you prevent yeah. the next guy from getting in trouble you know i i don't know i don't know how to answer that i really don't well um, guys uh, cliff kingsbury just spoke on that at the press conference you look to the leaders in this locker room you never want to have distractions when you're trying to build a team and build um camaraderie and and you know, be the best version of yourselves, but we've definitely had that. Uh, luckily, we have some great leaders and um, guys who can compartmentalize things and continue to work to get better. But um, you'd like the folks to be on football moving forward, and hopefully that's the case. Yeah, once again, it really is, and Cliff is so right about this. You know, as a former player, he understands this. It really is. When you, when you get these kinds of distractions, it's not the head coach that is going to be able to focus you. It is not. It's not any of the coaches that will be able to focus you. It's not the general manager. It's not the owner. It's nobody like that that is going to be able to focus you. You know who will focus you? You. <laughs> you. And the, the, the leaders inside that locker room are the guys that need to model that for everybody else. And dare I say this, Luke, demand it from your teammates. Leadership inside that Arizona Cardinals locker room right now, they need to demand it from their teammate. You focus. Don't get distracted on any of this stuff. We've got a football season to get ready for. Focus on what you're doing and control yourself. Honestly, you got to demand it if you're one of the leaders inside that locker room. That's where it's going to happen or not. It's... It- I hear what you're saying, and they have good leadership on this team. 
and again, I feel like I have to keep saying this because there keeps being a new story. For the purposes of this show, we're looking at it from the football perspective. And if this stuff is true, it's obviously worse than the Cardinals not having a running backs coach. But from the football perspective, we just talked yesterday about how the running back position is a strength on this team, or should be. The depth they have. Yes. And how, you know, you like seven of the guys that they have out there. I, I like five of them. I don't know how they're going to trim it down to four. And we were talking yesterday, even four is a bit much to carry when you really only have one running back in the game, typically. So... That's that is a a pivotal position on this team that could be a strength, and now you're playing without your coach, running backs coach for at least a little bit. It's at least a distraction. Hollywood Brown, I know he maybe he wouldn't be out there practicing because of the hamstring stuff, but that's the guy you brought in to be a game changer right out of the gate in week one, and he's not out there practicing either. Like this team is not. They're not going in, and I know it's early still, but you're not going into this at full strength. You're, and they're, they're, some of these are self-imposed obstacles. Yeah, no, there's no doubt about it. Tyler missing a week because he has COVID. Look, that's it's 2022. That stuff sure. happens. You'll get past that. Like you keep saying, it's the first week, first full week of camp. It's not going to mess Kyler Murray up. Stuff happens. Other teams are going through that. And it's not like no other team has guys getting in trouble. But, I mean, this is all self-inflicted right now. Yeah, you know, again, uh, Bill Belichick had a huge influence on me. And because of that, I do believe that distractions are the enemy, the sworn enemy of a football team coming together. I do believe that. Yet at the same time, can I just say that I, you know me, Luke, I think like a player in the locker room. Yeah, I'm fat and 60. Okay, 59. I'm not 60. The only person yeah, I know who rounds that's up. That's going to happen in October. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right, so I'm fat and 59. Right now, okay, yet at the same time, I think like a player. I do. I, and I'll never stop thinking like a player. I won't. And I, and I make no apologies for doing that. None whatsoever. That's what I think of immediately. You know what I think of with all this stuff? If I was inside that locker room and all these distractions were happening, I'd want to start swinging. That's what I'd want to start doing. Swinging. So it can also fine-tune the brain it can also be a motivator not only to you individually but also to you collectively where you can just start thinking you know what i'm sick of this i'm sick of that a b c d forget about all of it let's play a football game and and that can turn into a motivator for you i'm hoping that that's what it's going to be for some of the guys inside that locker room especially the leadership yeah, it's not, it's not like they aren't going to be able to play in week one. But, you know, you're going to be playing a pretty good football team in week one. And I'm sure every team has their own distractions and their own things they're going through at camp. But they're piling up on the Cardinals to the point where it's... it's Laughable is not the right word because these are serious things, but right. it's, it's it's just it's ridiculous. You know, you figure, okay, how many times this week have you had to declare this a drama-free zone? And you've had two very dramatic off-the-field incidents happen since then, and that was Monday. So we'll see. Again, maybe next week the we'll way be better. Out, the way out, Luke, the way out is the leadership inside that locker room. That's the way out to model it for everybody else. No, 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 no. Do your Job. The Kyler Murray homework clause stuff was last week, and it feels like it was 150 years yeah. ago. All right, when we come back, we are going to talk to Justin Pugh. He will join us and give us some insight on that offensive line and the offense in general. That's next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.